0: gives such great promises exceedingly great and precious promises they're called that's language that actually says over and above anything that you could speak about they're so good and a lot of those promises are to do with answered prayer and Jesus intends to answer prayer it's his will and you know some of them, if, you're, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you desire and it will be done for you. That's John 15, 7. Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you do not know. Jeremiah 33, 3. Matthew 7, 7 says, ask And you will receive, seek, and you will find, knock, and the door will be opened to you. Now, in a time and in a generation where we see so many broken lives, so many broken dreams, where there is devastation and destruction and all kinds of problems, including probably in your own life and families, God isn't doing it. He's fixing it. I need to be very clear from the outset. All the problems, God isn't the source of the problem. Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and life in all its fullness. And then he spoke about the devil. And he called him a thief who comes to steal, kill and destroy And so never, ever, 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 ever blame God for what the devil does. And the devil works through sin, the sin of humanity, which is why Jesus came to remove sin, to take away the sin of the world, but also to defeat the devil. So Jesus has already fixed the problem, you could say, on the cross. He's already won the victory on, on the cross and through his resurrection, but now he wants to work. And one of the biggest issues that you and I can face is the reality of James 4.2 that says, if you don't ask, you don't get. So while there are these amazing precious promises connected with prayer, there's also this truth. In James 4 2, that says, if you don't ask, you don't receive. And so obviously, the enemy will do anything to discourage your prayer life, anything that he can to stop you praying, because he knows God's work advances with prayer. But wherever there's prayerlessness in an individual believer's life or in a family, or in a church, then the work of God reduces and grinds to a halt. Amen? How many of you don't want that to happen? I want the work of God to increase and continue to happen in ever-increasing measure. And it's all connected to prayer. That's why the promises are so great, because God promises, and he's not a man that he should lie. God never lies. So the scripture I have quoted this morning is true. Our experience doesn't always match up to the truth, but we believe the truth above our experiences. Because the word of God is exalted above all things. Now, we're going to look at a picture of a woman this morning to help us and to be taught by the Word of God this morning. Blessed are those who are taught by the Word. Just say, I'm going to be taught by the Word. God's going to teach me His Word this morning. We're going to go into some teaching this morning from the Word of God about a woman who was struggling to get her prayers answered. And we've all been there, if we're honest. Struggling to get an answer. And that scripture comes from Matthew 15. If you've got a Bible, if not, uh, use your phone or have a look at the screen. Because the word of God is very important to read as well as hear. I'm going to call this woman like a dog with a bone. I think we should call her dog and bone. Because she is relentless. On what she wants Jesus to do. It's a picture of prayer. She has a need and she is relentless. She's not put off. Have you ever tried to take a nice meat bone off a dog? The jaws clamp, it moves away from you, and it goes, You're not having it. I've got the prize. And there's no way I'm letting go. And this woman was like that dog with a bone. She got her teeth into the will of God and the promise of God and said, I'm not letting go. A lot of Christians go without a bone. But she had something in her mouth. And she was going to hang on until she saw it happen. She was going to keep it. The request before him. And this is an amazing story. And I've seen fresh things uh, through this. So I'm going to just read the first verse. um, Sorry, the first two verses, 21 to 22. And then we'll read the rest of the story. Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord. Son of David, my daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word, and his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. The first thing to see here, and I believe this is what opens up our lives to a miracle in prayer. The very first thing is, Not only does she have a need that she knows he alone can meet, a request from him, but she also sees who he is and speaks out the honor of who he is. She says, you're the Messiah by calling him the son of David. She is linking him to every prophecy in the Old Testament that speaks about the one that was to come who would be the Messiah, the Son of God. So she sees in Jesus all she needs. Do you when you pray. And she speaks out. You're the son of David. Now, this is an outsider who believes a lot more than the Pharisees. The insiders, supposedly. But we know they didn't believe in Jesus because they dissed the package, disrespected the package. Do you remember when Jesus went to the hometown as well, Nazareth? And he was teaching in the synagogue and they heard him they went, what an amazing teaching. This man's God. This is incredible because they felt the authority of God come through the word as they were listening. But then they said, we know him. Isn't that just Joe's boy? The carpenter? We're used to having him around. He's never done like, anything like this before. And their Jesus wasn't her Jesus. How they saw him brought him down. How she saw him lifted him up. And doesn't Jesus teach us when you pray, say, speak. Not mumble or internalize hallowed be your name. When you start praying, he says, say, Father in heaven, that's our relationship with God as believers, honor, lifting, exalting who Jesus is. Now this woman, she called him Lord. She had faith that this was the Lord of all, infinitely superior to every other. Remarkable. But in his hometown, Jesus could do no mighty work because of their dishonor that led to unbelief. Not wouldn't do. It's very very important you you don't see that he wouldn't do anything because he wanted to. Wherever he goes and wherever you pray, he already wants to do a miracle. Hello? He always wants to do a miracle. But actually they limited and shut down God because they reduced him. But at the end of that chapter, you read about Jesus landing on this seashore, on uh, uh, Galilee, by the lake, going over the lake. And as the, he got out the boat, the people of that area saw him. Same person that had been in Nazareth, but this time across the lake. Different place, different people. They saw him, clocked him. like, And you know what they did? They ran to get all the sick. They went everywhere to bring everybody to Jesus. It's called prayer. They were praying, really, you could say. They were running. Can you imagine? Do you know anybody who's got any disease or sickness or pain? Do you know? Go tell them. I've heard somebody there has MS. I've got I've heard over there there's some cancer. Let's bring them. Come on, run and get them and bring them to Jesus. Basically, how they viewed Jesus changed their faith. And the Lord knows that's a secret to prayer. The more you honor Him, the more faith grows. And so you and I want to start with the right perspective. That as we lift up the name of Jesus and praise his name and speak out the honor of his name, it is preparing our hearts to trust him for a great miracle that is needed in a situation. And so sometimes we just come, Lord, do something, say something, please. Now's the time. This has gone on for too long. He says, lift up my name and your faith will grow. Your faith will rise as you speak out. He is the healer. You're the healer, you're the redeemer, you're the great and awesome God, you're the mighty God, the wonderful counselor, the everlasting father. You're the one who can do anything. With you, all things are possible. Jesus, with, all, with you, all things are possible. Isn't this such an important insight into prayer? And if you're struggling with your prayer life, take a leaf out of her book or this book and begin to lift up the name of Jesus above everything that you're facing. And say, Lord, in you is every answer, every miracle, every provision, every situation with power. There's power in Jesus to change absolutely everything. Wonderful. I want to be like those guys who saw him for who he really was and run, get somebody to Jesus because he's going to do a miracle in their lives. Now, the second thing that really popped out at me is that he, he didn't answer her. And you could say, does Jesus not like this woman? Couldn't you? Have you ever talked to somebody and they don't answer? Some of you parents have talked to your kids? <laughs> yes, some of you talk to your husband? They just don't answer, they're mute. <laughs> They've gone on mute. Um, what on earth's going on? What does it mean when God is silent? Anybody ever experienced God silent? Oh, you haven't walked with the Lord. You will. You will. He goes quiet. Why? He's not rude. Because he is love. And love is not rude. It is not that he doesn't care. Nor is it that he doesn't want to answer. Never ever think the silence from his end speaks he doesn't want to. She she is dog bone. Let let me remind you of the, the picture that really works in this. Because she's not going to be put off by silence. Because her need and her knowing him is that he wants to. She can't really work out everything. But she's not going to get ticked off with God. And close the door to her miracle. Mm. What's actually happening? You see, I think in prayer, when we start praying, from the initial request, sometimes God is getting tests going. And the tests are in two areas. The test of faith and the test of character. I have a friend in Italy. Who was once so greatly tested when we were on mission? All the luggage had been lost, and we were about to go into a conference where he was the administrator, I was, we were the speakers, and he was the translator and his wife. And he stood at the airpoint and went. He was. We knew he'd gone off color. Uh, He was a bit miffed. In fact, he's greatly annoyed. And his annoyance was being internalized, not external. And very unusual for an Italian. Uh, but it, you know, you, you knew it was coming. It was just going to be like Mount Etna. It was building and then it was going to come out. But what came out of his mouth, uh, as the empty luggage belt kept going round and round, you can imagine the story. The empty belt's going round and round. He goes... With his foot, he stamped like a child. This is a grown man. He went, God is testing me and I don't like it. (laughs) And sometimes the pressures and the the things that happen, even if God is silent, can test us. And we don't like it. Because he knows us. We're like children, really, aren't we? I don't like this. Um, but I, I believe that these tests of faith is bringing her to a new trust in what is written in and not in what she feels. Amen. In the eternal word and not just her experience. You see, God wants to wean his people off experience and onto believing the truth. To live by your feelings is a sure way to live a troubled life. To live by the truth of the word is a sure way to live a blessed life. And so the test is testing her faith and she's going to come to a new place of faith. And many times when God is silent, he is bringing you through a test and she passed it. Into a new place of faith. Isn't this brilliant? This story. Teaching us how to pray. Seeing what God does when He's quiet. It actually gives me an understanding of my Father who cares about me and He loves me, and all things are working together for good, even the quiet. I have a word. I don't need another. I'm going to stick to the word and just keep going, I'm gonna be like a dog with a bone. And the best thing you can do when God is silent is not shrink back, but continue to draw closer to him. Hebrews 10 says, and I think it's verse 39, we are not those who shrink back but those who believe to the saving of the soul. So when nothing's happening and God's silent and you've prayed about it, get closer, don't shrink back. Wisdom. Wisdom from the word. Rely on the word and the truth that God is with you, that God is for you, who can be against you. That his love never changes for you. And that he's definitely working even though you don't know everything. And he's good. He's good. Now I'm going to read the next few verses because we're just going to to take a little bit to unpack this then we're going to pray. So after not answering a word, the disciples came and urged him saying, send her away because she cries out after us. What a prayer. That's, that's a cracker, isn't it? Wouldn't you love it if you walked into a building and everybody prayed you out? That's a cracker. I mean, I think that there we are. And these are the disciples who turn the world upside down. Praise God, we all have hope. Uh, the, <laughs> but then he answered and said, I wasn't sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. She came and worshipped him and said, Lord, help me. Oh. But he answered and said, it's not good to take the children's bread and give it to the little, to the little dogs. And she said, he, he said, she said, yes, Lord. But even the little dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And Jesus answered and said to her, "O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And what happened? A mighty work. He did a mighty work. I don't know if you can imagine a severely demonized girl. The pain, the heartache, the suffering that is attached to this prayer is massive. She was free. Through her sticking to her goal, and saying, I'm not going to let him go until I see what I know he wants to give. But the next test, apart from this silence test from him, is this discouragement from other believers. Is that a test, guys? Has anybody been through that test? Where Christians discourage you in what you believe. I've had it. And even they don't want you around. They don't think you're in with the in crowd. They diminish you. They leave you out. Has anybody ever been left out? (laughs) I've been left out. When I know that God's picked me, I've been in times where nobody picks me. But what is God doing? He's testing my security in him. Where do I get my approval from? Jesus or what people negatively do against me or say against me. Now, I can't quite fathom how the disciples could just say, Lord, just just get rid of her. I mean, that is remarkable. (laughs) it's a pretty low point in the love one another moment where Jesus says I want you to love each other as I love you well we don't want them they're not like us we don't think they fit they're not part of our thing our culture and Jesus (laughs) you know he gets this he he watches this woman because he knows the heart. Do you know what? She didn't fight them. And I, I, I've got a comment. I don't want you to take it wrong because I'm not calling Christians rubbish because we're all amazing in Christ, chosen, loved, and blessed. But you do have to step over a lot of rubbish to get to the reward. Yeah. Lots of you are nodding, going, Yeah, I know what you mean. Without taking offense. Mm. She wasn't offended. She passed the next test, which is being offended with other people in the church. Now, hear me and hear my heart. If there is anything you have against anyone, in this place, when you stand praying, Jesus says, forgive, or your heavenly Father won't forgive you. And I've made up my mind to not allow myself to be offended by anyone, especially other Christians. And I really feel the Lord has put this on my heart for this morning that there are people holding grudges against someone else. And you're wondering, why are my prayers not being answered? Well, the Word reveals this morning that if there is an offense in you, a a problem that you have with someone else, forgive and turn it round to love and bless them. Because it is your salvation that will do this. If you do this, you yourself will start to see mighty works of God in your prayer life. And I'm not saying the injustice and the things that people do aren't wrong. But God is the judge, not me. And he tells me it is my role to make sure that none of you guys get me ticked off. And it's your job to to ensure that I don't tick you off. (laughs) And that you don't do it together. Because if there is any offence... It closes the door to your miracle that Jesus wants to bring into your life. She passed the test. She didn't even get into a discussion and fight and justify her position, saying, Hey, guys, do you know what you're doing? You're doing is wrong. This is absolutely awful. You shouldn't be treating me like that. And get into a fleshly argument. She fell at his feet and worshipped him. And prayed a prayer from the depths of her being and said, I've only got one goal. Other people can do what they like and say what they like. But I've come for a miracle. And I'm not going to get offended by anyone and close the door to my daughter being saved and free. She passed the test of offense. Do you know Jesus spoke about the last days and about the state of the church, his own people. Many will be offended in the last days. I plead with you, forgive. I plead with you for your eternal salvation, forgive. Hold nothing against anyone. I cry to you today to deal with it this morning and never revisit like a dog to the vomit. Forgive what other people have done. Forgive a pastor. Forgive a church. Forgive you, whoever it is. Jesus forgave us everything, but he says it's conditional. Your father will forgive you as you forgive others their sin. <clears throat> now, I'm nearly there, guys. Are you okay? Yeah, then Jesus brings up <clears throat> something about little dogs. <clears throat> now, from what I understand, the Jews and the, uh, spoke about the Gentiles and called them dogs. Dogs. Okay, so they, they, um, they knew they were God's chosen people, but they used that as a weapon to diminish another race. The Gentiles, in fact, all other people, because they saw themselves as far superior to everybody else because of their call, because of their, their chosen covenant with God. And so, he, he, you know, as, as a Gentile, you'd have heard them say the dogs and so Jesus brings up um, a terminology the little dogs which actually speaks of a familiar term of a little pet what on earth is he doing I mean really do you ever ask questions in the word and you say what on earth are you up to calling her a little dog because I know you love everybody so much you gave your life for this woman You died for her, like you did for all the Jews, the Gentiles, everyone. What is he doing? I believe he's putting his finger on historical offense. A cultural offense. So in other words, as a people, if you have been spoken of negatively, and diminished and put down or as an individual you've been put down in your past or been abused in the past as a person or as a culture as a race jesus is putting his finger on still holding nothing against anyone but deal with the past not just the present offenses you see offenses big to jesus because he knows it stops him working and doing what he wants to, to show his love for you and work out his plan for you. Some people hold things against their dads, their mums, their brothers, people who robbed their inheritance, who took their stuff. And in all these things, God says, I just want to put my finger on something of the past. How are you going to respond to this? This is another test. And deep hurt can happen from those offenses and injustice. And we've lived through a time of racial injustice. In fact, one of you here, I heard a story the other day that, because I love you, I love this person, I want to defend. And you know what? How you defend is like you want to fight back. Do you know what I mean? But I knew as soon as I, was, I heard about this situation of actual prejudice, re- in real truth, I knew I had to stand there and forgive on their behalf. Because no one should be treated like that. Nobody should be treated like that. And so I just, my heart was grieved for this woman actually. Who'd been dealt with an injustice, such an injustice. She seemed better than me in her response. Which I commend her for. I commend her for, but it doesn't make it right. But it makes us right to forgive. It makes us right to forgive. She passed the test of historical abuse. You know, I was praying, as you have, I'm sure, for the war, the the situation with the Ukraine, Russia, and Putin. And as I'm praying and seeing the images that you've seen, beyond words, aren't we? what we're seeing. It's beyond words, what's happening to people. And uh, the Lord surprised me when he told me I've got a problem with Putin. He said, you're praying, but you've you've, you've built up a resentment against that man. And I can't answer your prayers for the Ukraine if you don't forgive him. For all the wrong he's done, I mean, I'm talking heavy. I went, oh, I'm sorry, Father. Of course I forgive. None of us could stand. We've all sinned, fallen short of the glory of God, and God has forgiven us. It doesn't make anything, 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 anything right in terms of what is right. But I am not to hold anything against anyone. Uh, We were at a leaders, a national leaders this week. Actually, I was. I went on my own. And um, one of the things that came out when we were praying for the Ukraine is, it was uh, out of my heart, it was like, if there are any Russians in this nation, we need to love them. Not just Ukrainians. Church, are we the church? (laughs) Are we the church? We love people. We don't love sin and what the devil does. And so I had to be checked. I had to pass the test. Would I forgive him and pray for him in a different way? Not with any hate building in my heart towards uh, that man. Joseph, in the prison, he was mistreated, wasn't he? But my goodness me, didn't he pass? Every test from his brothers to his jail keepers to... He passed every test. Guys, are we in for passing tests? Why? Because we're in for the promotion the Lord can bring. We're in for the the, the future, a destiny that God has planned for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So the mistreatment, if you go through the test of your faith and your character and not get attitude issues, then God, nothing can stop God's plan to do you good. He has plans to do you good, and it won't take people to make it happen. It'll take God. But you can stop or delay the plan if we don't deal with those hard issues that can actually uh, prevent the work of God carrying on in our lives. Just to finish with this uh, uh, story, in Africa, um, must have been a while ago now, there was this village, and I love this story, it's going to make you laugh, made me laugh, and there was this village, not this bit, that um, was being poisoned by their water source, really bad illness was coming through their water, and they decided to trace the, the river back to the source and they found a dead pig in the source that was producing a poison that was flowing through the whole water source and coming into the village and everything the people drank was actually poisonous. What was the wisdom they had to deal with that situation? They got the pig out. It's time to get the pigs out. (laughs) Time to get the pigs out. To the character issues, the things in our own heart that are creating a bitter water coming from within. Because if you remove the compromise, if you remove the offense, if you remove these resentment issues, either with him or others, then you're still in a great place to see God move and do a mighty work. We've all been mistreated. Some of you are in the process of being mistreated and it hurts. And God loves you and he will heal you. But there is no healing without forgiveness and forgiving. When we forgive, we open ourselves up to being healed. And maybe, just maybe, the miracle hasn't come because of your offense and your issue. Praise God for the clarity of this prayer life Aren't you glad she? It, it's written for our benefit that actually we can see in the word of God what effects these things have on us? And let's pass the test, guys. Let me encourage you to pass the test. The mistreatment is wrong, but don't become like someone with a pig in your river. And poisoning, Because what happens is you poison other, other Christians with that spirit of offense. It just comes out. You react and, and then you defile, you bring, bring other people under the influence of your poison. And all I can say is, sweetheart, let's get that out. God loves you so much, he wants you out, that out. So that there's a clear stream of life flowing through you, not a bitter thing. Finally, she answers Jesus about these little dogs. She didn't get fed up. She could have been mad. Do you know, I can imagine this woman going, right, that's it. I've had enough. <laughs> Aren't you glad she didn't walk off mad? She, went, she, she, she humbled herself to say, um, okay, I can use that. I can work with that little dog thing. Love it. Because all she, she is dog bone. She is the dog with the bone. She ain't letting go, so she goes she goes, right, I'm going to bow up right now and say, "Whatever, I don't understand everything you're saying, but I know what I want, and I still believe, and I'm here, and I'm going under the table. Woof, woof, Here I am. Humility. Humility, not self-righteous. But don't you know who I am? A humble, he gives grace to the humble. He gives grace to the humble. But it wasn't just humility. She still had her faith. Humility without faith is a bit um, uh, lackluster. It's a bit drippy, It doesn't carry any life. It doesn't carry the power. Because you've got to keep in faith, even in humility. And say, Lord, I know that in your word, I know you said as it is in heaven. I know that I know you're good. I know you're faithful. I know that I know that if I pass all these tests, I'm putting myself right down and saying, Lord, a little crumb is fine for me. But just give me one thing and I'm going to go away happy. Jesus looked at her and said, gave her a great honor, woman. And he looked at her, what what he must have said to his disciples afterwards, I have no idea. I'm sure it would have been a training opportunity. But um, there they are, the super, super, duper believers. And here's this woman who they would have rejected at the first, called great is your faith. Which of course, faith pleases God more than anything. It is impossible to please God without faith. So she's still in faith, even having gone through all the tests. Are you? Are you? Are you still trusting him, even though you've been through all the tests, all the mistreatment, all the injustice, all the historical stuff? Are you still in faith? She wasn't put off. She just kept going, I know what it is I want. I know what I came to you for. And I'm not going to go away until I get what I've asked for. Now, you see, we're the, we're, we're the children of God. Uh, the table speaks about our inheritance. We actually sit at the table with the king. It's all ours. We're not outsiders. We're insiders. <laughs> a table he's prepared before you. All the promises of God are yes and amen. You have a rich inheritance in Christ, but this woman's teaching us how to claim it with her faith and her character. And so my, my uh, certainty this morning is that you and I have heard a word this morning that will help us to move towards our miracles and not get log jammed up there somewhere but to allow the Lord to do what he wants to do to test our character and our faith so that what comes out is a new dynamic faith in him and in receiving from him what you ask for. A receiving of miracles. What a master. You know, when you see the word of God, isn't it rich? And doesn't it explain every condition in yours and my heart? I don't know if you're like a book that's been read this morning. I feel the word has read me and searched me. And he's showing me some things He has in this process, and I'm wondering if there's anybody in the room where God has shown something to you that you either need to get that pig out and clean up, go back to the source of that hurt, and say, I forgive, because there is a miracle at the end of it. There's There's answers to prayer coming if you will keep going. And any offense, so many walk away offended. Offended with Jesus, offended with people, offended with what the boss did, offended with, I don't know, husband, wife, ex, whatever it is. Let's not hold anything. What a pure heart that is against anyone. Shall we stand? Thank you, Jesus. We hope you've enjoyed this message from Kingdom Faith Southwest. For further information, log on to kingdomfaithsw.com.